Hello, I'm really glad you're with us today. The board game Life is just what the name implies. It takes players through the stages of life. And that's how our life works. Our life flows from one stage to another. And God has given us direction on handle handling life at each of these stages and how to handle our family relationships as life flows by as well. In family life, relationship change over time. At first, a baby is completely dependent on their parents, and as they grow up, parents help them learn how to carry the load of responsibility, how to handle life on their own. That's what you're trying to get them ready for. And then at some point, uh, they need to handle life on their own, and the parents release them and let them go to handle life on their own. And in our culture, that's about 18. In Bible culture, it was 13. As the parents age, the roles can reverse, and the kids need to take care of their parents as they begin to need help getting taken care of. And I'll, I'll have to say, some of the most meaningful times with my parents was when I was helping take care, ter, take care of them. Cindy and I were both helping with that. So today, what I want to talk about is the circles of family relationships that develop. Some families have a very tight-knit circle, and some don't have much of a circle at all. They're going in all di- di- directions. And what I want to do is start this message by looking at the spectrum of circles that develop because of the way families relate and look at both functional and dysfunctional. And then we're going to look at God's help for developing functional, responsible families and and really related to that issue of responsibility, which I, I believe is a core issue in families. And God's given us some tremendous help with that. So first of all, I would like to look at the spectrum of family circles. And I've asked Nathan Lewis, a longtime member of our congregation, to share his wisdom and experience with us. Nathan is the director of the graduate program in counseling ministry at California Baptist College, and he's been a real encouragement to me and CIV families over the years, and he, he's actually given me a lot of helpful advice. So we're going we're gonna to listen to what he has to say, and I'm going to bring him on the video, and I've really appreciated how he has given some real helpful perspective and understandings from his experience on on these last few weeks in this message series. So, uh, Nathan, I'm going to bring you on right now. Thanks again, Nathan, for being with us uh, by video and I'd just like to ask you, can you lay out the spectrum of family circles for us? Yeah, and I think by circles you mean the, the, the 
degree of closeness that people feel yes. to each other within the family. And uh, one of the words that we use for that is boundaries. So, you know, where one person begins, the other one, one person's uh, in, the other one begins. So um, it has to do with the level of independence versus dependency and interdependency. And we call that closeness. So the degree of closeness. And so with um, um, unhealthy families, there are extremes in closeness. And there's two two major extremes. Uh, one is uh, they are people are, are emotionally, physically, um, relationally disengaged from each other. Uh-huh. So there are families that that are like that, and that is have they have little closeness. There's very little loyalty that is mm-hmm. demanded toward the family and each mm-hmm. other. A very high degree of independence of each of the members, but the other extreme is just the opposite, and that is enmeshed, and it it is what it sounds like. They're just meshed, yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to know where one person ends, the other one begins. Ah. There's very, very high degree of closeness, uh, very high loyalty is demanded toward the family and mm-hmm. each other. There's there's a high dependency on the family, and there's no independence. That is allowed at all, mm. and so in with an enmeshed family, it, the one of the analogies that we use to describe that is split pea soup. <laughs> so wow. in split pea soup, there are it's made by individual peas, <laughs> yeah. but they're meshed, mm. and so you don't know where one ends. It's just it's the soup, and it's all meshed together, and the relationships in in, in a meshed family. Is like that people, people um, that becomes the homeostasis for the family, the temperature, if you will, and any independence, any attempt at doing anything other than with the family is considered disloyalty. Family comes first over everything wow. because the family identity is extremely important. That's the opposite of disengage, where the ide- family identity is not important. Yeah, you're just free for all. And then there, there are healthy in betweens. <laughs> so it's yeah. not, there's not a middle. It's uh, so moving closer away from the disengaged is the separated. Mm-hmm. So that's a healthy um, level of closeness. It's low to moderate closeness. There's some loyalty toward the family. But there's an interdependence mm-hmm. of the family members, and they develop an individual identity apart from the family, which is a good thing. Yeah. And then moving further toward the enmeshed, but still in the middle, is connected. Mm-hmm. This is moderate to high closeness. Um, there is a higher loyalty, but not an absolute loyalty mm-hmm. that is demanded. And like with separated, there is there's a healthy interdependence that is there. Um, Great. But with those uh, middle ones, there's there's a range there that, that that's considered healthy, which allows for just different kinds of families. So yeah, that's great. So I have a my second question is kind of a two part question. But what is the optical optimal optimal kind of circle to live in? Well, yeah, I think it, it, first of all, it depends on the perspective that you have on family life and the understanding uh, that 
Um, it, it really, the, the whole purpose of a family and parenting, if you will, is to, for parents to work themselves out of a job. So right. to raise kids <laughs> who themselves become um, somewhat independent to start a family of their own, which, which is going to require them to formulate their own identity and convictions and all of that, which is more difficult to do when absolute loyalty is demanded toward the family. At where they they do they need to launch and they need to separate from the family. So the optimal level is the appropriate connection to the family uh, and responsibility toward the family, while uh, um, slowly growing toward uh, an independence from the family mm-hmm. and a, and and a maturity that allows them to separate in a healthy way from the family. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Perfect sense. So not independent, not highly independent, not high dependent, Mm -hmm. but you're somewhere in between. Yes. (laughs) Appropriately in between. So here's my next question. How, How does the optimal kind of circle that families live within, bless the kids in it, help them develop and grow in responsibility? Well, it really has to do with their identity and their identity uh, being their own, if you will, as mm-hmm. at, particularly in relationship to God, mm-hmm. where the, they, they need to transfer their loyalties from the family to God. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that allows them to to grow, but also they need to understand that they have a responsibility to the family while mm-hmm. they are part of the family as a responsible mm-hmm. member. So the parents allowing them to um, to be uh, to contribute to the family as mm-hmm. they are growing older and can take on more responsibility, but at the same time um, helping them grow to be adults. And with the expectation that they are going to separate from the family mm-hmm. at some point, and uh, and that the parents need to be willing to let go, yeah, <laughs> even right. even begin to yeah. let go early early on in their teens, yeah, so that it's not you know letting go as soon as they leave, <laughs> yeah, but there's a there is a a shift in the relationship. That the parents have toward the kids, where they um, it, it's gradually becoming more and more of an adult to adult relationship. Yeah. Now they'll always be the parents, mm-hmm. but but they are uh, shifting that to uh, relating to their kids as adults. Yeah. Who who really don't answer to them anymore mm-hmm. and don't owe, owe a an absolute loyalty to the family. That's really hard for some parents. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. That makes sense. So what is your advice for parents who want to create an appropriate level of connection in their family circle <clears throat> or closeness? I guess <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> well, I think the first thing they have to do <clears throat> is realize that, that their, their um, role as parents really is to grow and mature their kids, not mm-hmm. to keep them connected to the family. Yeah. So their identity, they're growing an identity, helping their kids grow an identity that's not their last name. 
It really is their relationship to God. Mm-hmm. And that um, they want their kids to want to stay connected to the family after they leave. Mm-hmm. Because the two extremes in closeness will will result in adult kids that don't want to be connected to the family. Mm-hmm. If they're too enmeshed, they will try to break away from that and mm-hmm. rebel. Yeah. If they are too disengaged, then there's no real attachment yeah. to the family. I'm not sure I'm answering your question, but No, I think that's okay. that's mm. that's helpful. So how how do they how does a parent create that kind of understanding or where do they go to get help for this? Well a couple things. One, it really depends on their relationship to God. So right. if they if their identity is in, in God rather than in the family, if if their identity is in the family rather than in God, in God, then they need that 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 loyalty from the family members to keep reinforcing their identity mm-hmm. and their significance. Um, so first and foremost is their relationship to God and understanding what their stewardship is before God. The other thing is just um, to get help from. Uh, friends and um, other other uh, um, members of the church who can really help yeah, them yeah. think that through, and they can they help them uh, get the right perspective on that, uh, and can direct them toward other sources. They can help them begin to understand because if they come from one of those extremes in in their own families, mm-hmm. then they'll likely. Uh, parent their family the same way. Yeah. And so they need some help in changing that mindset and changing their natural reflexes. So, yeah, that's good. So walk with God and get help from godly people along the way. Yes. That's Uh great. So thank you so much, Nathan, for your input in this whole series. It's been a tremendous help, and I'm grateful for it. Good. Glad to help. Thanks. The basic goal of parenting for Christ followers is to develop kids who can handle life in a way that pleases God. And it's responsibility that helps develop them in a way that uh, other things can't. Just carrying the load of responsibility is a tremendous tool that God uses and that we can use as parents to really help them grow and develop, which is the goal of parents for their kids. Throughout all of the stages of life, the scripture has a bias toward being responsible for yourself unless it's not possible to be. And so I'm going to zero in on this one aspect, responsibility in this marriage, but in this message, whoa, in this marriage, wow, okay, I, I maybe, well, it applies to marriage too. Each person has to bear their load in, in that for sure. Uh, but anyway, I'm zeroing in on the aspect of responsibility, but there's a lot more to functional family relationships than this, and God gives help for all of it in the scripture. So, Let's look at a passage of scripture that's intended to guide how we handle our relationships. It applies to all relationships, but I'm 
mostly applying it to families. And I would say that there's an art to it, to handling relationships this way. There's an ebb and flow, and it's a lot more like art than science. It, it, timing and procedure is very important. And so let's dive in. Galatians 6, 1 through 5 says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. This passage seems to contradict itself, doesn't it? Bear one another's burdens, but carry your own load. That sounds like double talk. (laughs) But what the passage is saying is that the goal is for each person to carry their own load But there are going to be times when people are overwhelmed and they need help with their load. And so we give the temporarily, we temporarily help at times until the person can get back to carrying their own load. However, in family life, there is a tremendous tug or pull to do too much to help family members even when they don't need the help. And so it's it's a hard habit to break if there is a pattern of enabling irresponsibility in family life. And but we need to figure out with God's help how how to reverse that trend because it is not helpful at all. There is also frustration with those who refuse to take responsibility for themselves and presume on you. They expect you to constantly carry their load, and that's not good either. Part of their development and growth in life is going to be learning to carry their load, and so we we don't want to get into that either. God's desire is for home to be a place where everybody learns to take responsibility, and the kids grow up in doing that, taking the responsibility that's theirs. Because taking responsibility for yourself honors God. That's that's his goal. That's his command here in Scripture. Galatians 6, 1 through 5 gives us principles for relating responsibly in family life. This passage starts out by telling us what to do if someone is caught in a pattern of sin and needs help to get out of it. And that's what we do as parents. That's what we do in families. We, We look for patterns of sin in the kids, patterns that are damaging, sin damages. And so we look for the patterns that are damaging them and others around them And we aim to coach them out of those patterns because that's going to help set them up for the best kind of life possible. And we do this, of course, in in the right way. 
there's there's timing, there's procedure, there's an appropriate way to do this. And I'll be talking about this as I walk through this passage. But the passage says, if they're caught in sin, restore them. If you become aware of a sin pattern of someone close to you, it's your duty to help them get back on track. Of, of course, it's it's your duty to try to help them if you have that kind of relationship built on trust with them. Um, Galatians 6, 6, 1 says it this way. If someone is caught in sin. So the word caught in the Greek, this was written in originally, literally means to learn something by surprise. So we may see a pattern that we haven't seen before. And we want to appropriately move toward helping the person get out of that sin if they'll let us help them. Sometimes they don't want the help. So we pray. We begin to help them once we realize the pattern. We begin to pray and we ask God to open up an opportunity to help them with this pattern that's hurting them and those around them. And we ask God for the timing. Help help me know, Holy Spirit, lead me as I work with them and and help me to know when I can step in and say something that will really be the best time. And and of course, sometimes the people they just the, the person does just they just don't want the help. And so we're sort of dependent on whether they want the help or not, whether we can help or not. And so <clears throat> we just ask God to move their heart. And when we ask if they want our help, which is a great way to do it, hey, I've seen a pattern. Would you like my thoughts on the pattern and how it's hurting you? And then if they say no, you got to let it go, but you keep praying. Sin patterns are destructive. And there are times when we need to help people stop if they will let us help them stop. If you've learned of a sin pattern in the life of a family member or a friend, it's a loving thing to do to restore them. The passage goes on to say, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. The word restore is interesting here in secular Greek. It is the word for setting bones that have been broken, resetting them. And in the New Testament, it's the word is translated, it's the word for mending fishing nets. <laughs> and there are times, what this means is, there are times when we need to help others work through trouble that is keeping them from moving forward in life. They have a broken leg and they can't walk, or it's keeping them from fulfilling their, their purpose. Just like a broken bone makes you unable to walk, we get stuck at times, and we need help getting unstuck. And, you know, ideally, we take initiative to get the help, but sometimes people have blind spots, and, and they, they, need, they need some perspective from someone who loves them. And fishing nets... Their purpose is to hold fish, and they need to be mended at times. If they have a hole in it, they're not going to hold fish. 
and they need to be mended at times to fulfill their purpose. Of course, this is the role of parents in a family. You look for patterns in the lives of your kids that are going to hurt them if they continue in them, and you help coach them away from those patterns because you want to set them up for the best life possible. The passage continues, love is carrying another's load when they can't. Verse 2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is the law of love. When Jesus was asked to summarize the entire Old Testament and all the commands that were in the Old Testament, he said this. He said, the first and greatest commandment is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Um, and so love God, that's number one. Love your neighbor as yourself, that's number two. So loving God and loving people, that is the law of Christ. And we've said that love should set the temperature in our homes, and if it does, it provides the optimal environment for growing. And certainly for growing in responsibility as well. The next principle for relating responsibly is to choose humility as you carry it. As you carry another person's load, choose humility. This verse warns us not to get proud when we're helping someone with their load. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. That's what it's talking about. And then verse 4 goes on to show us how to choose humility. Don't compare as you help. Comparison is warned against in this phrase. Each one should test his own actions. The way you avoid pride and choose humility is to test your own actions as you help someone and don't get into comparing your situation with their situation and to test in this sense in the Greek, it means to evaluate the genuineness of something by examination. So you're checking your motives. You're thinking through your own motives as you're helping and you're keeping them in check because all of us have this native tendency to be proud and we try to avoid that. Um, you, you realize basically that except for the grace of God, you could be in the same circumstance as the person or at least a similar circumstance. Maybe you're wired differently and so uh, you have different temptations than they, but you could be in the same boat um, as them in general. So nobody wants your pity. And actually that really is demeaning and damaging as you help. So you understand that you could be in the same boat. There is no understanding to be found when we compare ourselves to others. So we need to stop it and we need to avoid it as it starts to well up in our hearts and is becomes a source of pride. 
Finally, the passage lays out the goal. Be responsible for yourself. Verse 5 says, For each one should carry his own load. To raise our kids to carry their own load in life is a major goal of parenting. And we can use the responsibility that we're preparing for, that they have right now, to help them grow in their understanding of how life works and how God wants to help in carrying that load. As you train kids, your kids, to carry their responsibility in life, you're setting them up for a good future. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. It's easy to lose, lose track of the right perspective and think letting the kids slide on responsibility is going to be a loving thing to do, at least the way I'm wired, that's the case. But the role of Christ-following parents is to teach kids, your kids, to love God by example and to train them in a loving way to carry their own responsibility in life. If you do that, you'll find God's blessing and joy throughout all the stages of life. At least you have the opportunity to do if your kids respond. And they they have a will of their own. And so you but you know at that point that you have done everything you could do to set them up for success. The ultimate objective in the board game of life is to retire from the game with the most money and other achievements. Now, I'm not too sure about the worthiness of that goal at all, but we should focus really, instead of that goal, we should focus on faithfulness to God in handling the responsibilities that he's given us. If we handle well the responsibilities of life and the responsibility of parenting, we'll find his blessing. We, we can't control the outcome, but we can control our faithfulness to do our role well. And none of us do it perfectly, <laughs> that's for sure. We're not going to be perfect in the way that we relate to our kids, in the way that we handle our responsibility to raise them in the training and instruction of the Lord. We're not going to be, but by the grace of God. He's working in their life as well. And we can pray. We can be faithful. And we can trust God with the outcome over time. If you're a parent, I, I hope that you have raising the next godly generation of kids, your kids, high on your list of priorities, right under loving God. <laughs> you know, that would be great. It, it's certainly a more worthy goal than gathering all the cash and achievements that you can gather. This will pay dividends across all the stages of life. Proverbs 29.17 says, Discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. The role of a parent is an awesome 
responsibility. But God graciously offers to ha- help us with this monumental task, and it 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 it's fearsome at times. And so, as I wrap up, I want to encourage you to seek the help that only God can give, and take the next step of obedience that He's laid on your heart today. As I've walked through this message. I, I, I hope that, I mean, I, I trust that God has spoken to you because he always, he promises to use his word in our hearts and minds. And you'll find these next steps, uh, in the handout digitally that you can download. But here's some next steps that I'd like to suggest. My next step today is to give myself a test. Are you helping for the right reasons or for what you're getting out of it? Sometimes we help because we get value from that. We, we want to be needed and we feel like we're valuable if we're helping someone. And then another part of the test, another question is, should I help them right now? That's an important question. We've tried to give an extra handout uh, through this series, and we have actually, this is the wrap up, and we've been able to do that. But I want to encourage you to print out the extra handout, put it on the fridge. It has sermon reminders, a family challenge, and some family fun, uh, to do together. And I, I think it, our goal is to help remind you of the key points of the message and to set your heart on taking the next steps that God has laid on your heart to take. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, your kindness to us. I thank you, God, for the the strength that you give, for speaking to us through your word so faithfully. And I pray that, God, that you would give us the power and the strength to take the steps that you have told us to take and that we might please you more and more with our lives and bring honor and glory to you. And I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen.